Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this day, and I thank you for all your wonderful blessings and gifts you've given us, dear God. I, I thank you for being with us and keeping us safe, dear God, and just, Lord, just walking with us and teaching us and guiding us, dear God. Now, Lord, I pray that you just take, dear God, my mind and my lips, Lord, that you would take control of them, Lord, and speak through me the words that you would have me to speak, Lord. That, Lord, that someone may get something out of the message, Lord, to help them to get closer to you or, or whatever it may be, God. God, I just thank you and I praise you and glorify you for everything. In Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. We are in Joshua chapter 10. We'll start in verse 29. Now, Israel, uh, Joshua and Israel is uh, going to war. They are going to take all the land that they uh, they need to for the inheritance for the tribes of Israel, and you know I, as I said once before that um, the promised land is a uh, as in type and shadow and very day to day is a place for that where that we dwell in the presence of the Lord, Joshua and. Uh, Moses and all the children of Israel, they wandered around in the wilderness. For, well, it was in bondage for 40 years, which uh, is sort of like being out in sin. And then they they got brought out of bondage and they got set free. And they, they went on a journey to go to their promised land, to that land that flows with milk and honey, that land where that God can bless them and and can really use them in a great and a mighty way. And we are we are like the children of Israel. We are we were once out in sin, and now then we are either wandering around in the in the wilderness, uh, trying to figure out if we're going to go over, or if we're going to stay on this side of Jordan, and what we're going to do when we get over there. Uh, now, if we as if we go back and we remember uh, the children of Israel, they uh, wandered. They wandered around the wilderness for forty years, and they haphazardly, I guess, would be a good, a good uh, word to worship the Lord and to serve the Lord. They didn't uh, keep to all the traditions that they should have. Uh, they didn't. Uh, they done things, they done the commandments, and they done the uh, statutes and everything when it felt good to them and when it was convenient for them. But now then the Lord has telling them, uh, before, now before they go over, he's telling them that when you go over, this is going to have to be one of those things that you're going to have to do all the time. You are going to have to serve me. You're going to have to do my commandments and keep my statutes. You're going to have to do these things all the time. This it's not you can't do the way that you were when you were out in the wilderness. Now then, we as children of God, we give our heart and lives to God, and we are wandering around in the wilderness for uh, a while. Uh, you know, we're more really gung ho and everything, and we're ready to go when we first get saved, and we won't we won't tell everybody about 
being saved. We want to tell everybody about what it's like being saved. And now then, uh, it, as an, I guess you'd say the newness wears off of it, then uh, we start to slack off a little bit. And um, we we don't tell people about the Lord as much as we did at one point in time. And and we don't do all, all the things like go to church and read our Bible and pray and everything as often as we should. So, you know, we're wandering around in the wilderness. But now then, uh, if we want a closer walk with the Lord and we really want God's blessings in our life, we're going to have to cross over Jordan. We're going to have to go over Jordan. And, and when we go over Jordan, uh, we are to thank God for bringing us to that point. But there are going to be some battles. See, when, when we go over Jordan and we are uh, getting ready to get all those promises that the Lord has promised us, Satan's not going to be happy. He knows that when we give our really give our heart and life to the Lord and we really make up our mind that we're going to serve him and we're going to do uh, what it is that he wants us to do and we're going to do everything that we can to get closer to God and we start praying more, we start studying our Bible every day and and we start trying to figure out just exactly what it is that the Lord wants us to do. And we start trying to figure out trying to figure out all these things. And Satan will come against us because he don't want us to do that. He does not want us to worship the Lord that way. He does not want us to have the blessings of the Lord. Because when before we came over is over the River Jordan, he had uh uh uh, he could influence us. He could influence us. Uh, but now then, now that we have set our sights on the promised land and we have set our sights on um, getting closer to the Lord and doing the Lord's will, he's going to come out against us. So the children of Israel, they went over the, uh, went over Jordan. And when, after they got over Jordan, they have many battles that they have to go through. And uh, these battles, uh, the Lord told Moses and uh, Moses told Joshua that when you go in uh, to these nations that are in the promised land, when you go unto them to uh, declare war upon them, you kill everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter how old, how young or anything, everybody is to be taken, is to be killed. And this was supposed to happen to all the nations that were already there before the children of Israel came over. But now the uh, Amorites, uh, they um, done wildly or, or tricked Joshua and all of them. And Joshua failed to go to the Lord and find out, you know, what God's will was. And they made a pact with them because they thought that they were from a from somewhere very far off because of the way that they dressed and and their uh, their wine bottles was old and their feet their shoot sandals was worn and their feet was clotted with dirt and stuff and their clothes were worn and and they made it look like they had been traveling for a long way but yet you know a red flag should have went up when uh, Joshua asked them where they came from all they would ever say is we came from a far city. They would never name a city. And that should have been a red flag to Joshua. But 
he and the princes of the children of Israel decided to make a league with them, that they would not destroy them. And then three days later, they find out that they were neighbors and, and they weren't very far at all away from them and they had deceived them. But yet, uh, it, uh, Joshua and the princes of the tribes of the, of the Israelites went to see them to find out why they done this. And they told them, you know, that they had heard about all that God had done uh, on the other side of Jordan and what he was doing for them on this side of Jordan about how they took Jericho. And and uh, they said, we were afraid of for our lives. So we, we scheme, we come up with this scheme so then to trick you so that you all would make a league with us and we wouldn't be destroyed. And he, Joshua told them, said, fine. I'm going to stick to my end of the bargain. I told you that we would we would not destroy you and we're not going to. However, from this day forward, you're all going to be servants to the children of Israel. So the whole the whole nation of uh, uh, Amorites are now then they are hewers of wood and drawers of water. Uh, they drew water for the the everybody in the whole congregation uh, of Israel, and they they hewed wood, cut wood, and for the tabernacle and uh, for um, fires and for whatever they needed it for. That was that was what they were going to do, and they they done that. And they they are alive, but they are not free. And that was the same way that we were when we were out in sin. We were alive, but yet we were not, we were not free. And then when we give our hearts and life to the Lord, we came out of Egypt. God uh, worked all the miracles in our life, and we came out of Egypt. Then we became free people, and we really then started living because uh, if you've ever been... A, a, if you have ever been saved, you know that that is really when we actually start to live. It's when when we give our heart and life to God, and uh, God figures, and we figure out that God has got all of our problems in His hand, and all we have to do is lean upon Him and and ask Him to help us with our problems and and take care of our problems, and and then we don't really have to do anything. See, Joshua and the children of Israel. They really didn't. Uh, they didn't do a whole lot of fighting, really, because the Lord uh, told told them every every time, just about every time before they went went to war, said, "Have no fear, be strong, and be of good courage. I have given these people into your hand." And I don't reckon Israel, in all the battles that they fought, I don't think they ever lost lost a person. Uh, because God was with them, and they, and even uh, he, as we go on, we read He even helped them uh, have victory over uh, a, arm, a group of armies that had come together to destroy Israel. God, uh, God helped them destroy that uh, those armies. But we're going to read a little bit in uh, chapter ten, verse twenty-nine, and. Then we're going to talk about some of the wars that uh, and the battles that Joshua and the children of Israel had to fight after they got over into the promised land. Uh, 
Then Joshua passed from Makeda, and all Israel with him unto Libna, and fought against Libna. And the Lord delivered it also, and the king thereof, into the hand of Israel. And he smote it with the edge of the sword, and all the souls that were therein. He let none remain in it, but did unto the king thereof, as he did unto the king of Jericho. And Joshua passed from Libna with all Israel with him unto Lachish, and encamped against it, and fought against it. And the Lord delivered Lachish into the hand of the Israel, which took it on the second day, and smote it with the edge of the sword, and all the souls that were therein, according to all that he had done to Libna. Then Horam, king of Gezer, came up to help Lachish, and Joshua smote him and his people until he had left him none remaining. And from Lachish Joshua passed to Eglon, and all Israel with him, and they encamped against it and fought against it. And they took it on the day and smote it with the edge of the sword, and all the souls that were therein he utterly destroyed that day according to all that he had done to Lachish. And Joshua went up from Eglon and all Israel with him unto Hebron, and they fought against it, and they took it and smote it with the edge of the sword, and the king thereof, and all the cities thereof, and all the souls that were therein, he left none remaining according to all that he had done to Eglon, but destroyed it utterly, and all the souls that were therein. And Joshua returned, and all Israel with him to Debir, and fought against it, and he took it, and the king thereof, and all the cities thereof, and they smote them with the edge of the sword, and utterly destroyed all the souls that were therein, he left none remaining, as he'd done to Hebron. And so did he to Debir, and to the king thereof, as he had done also to Libna, and to her king. So Joshua smote all the country of the hills, and all the south, and and of the vale, and of the springs, and all their kings, he left none remaining, but utterly destroyed all that breathed, as God commanded, as the Lord God of Israel commanded. And Joshua smote them from Kadesh Barnea, even unto Gaza, and all the country of Goshen, even unto Gibeon. And all those kings and their land did Joshua take at that one time, because the Lord God of Israel fought for Israel, and Joshua returned all, with all, and all Israel with him unto camp in Gilgal. So he took all these cities. He just he just went in and just took, you know. I I have fought some battles. Uh, there's been a lot of battles in my life, but you know when I finally um, made up my mind that I was going to serve the Lord and I was going to do what the Lord wanted me to do, then my battles got very, very easy. Um, and matter of fact, I, I, I'd done a little bit, I'd done little, uh, very little fighting. Uh, most of the time I would start out and I would, I would fight, try to fight my own battles. And then uh, it would come to me, you know, my battles have already been won. They've already been fought and they've already been won. Now then, what I need to do is I need to turn these battles over to God 
and uh, just bow out. Uh, Lord, they're yours. Uh, I'm, you know, I've done all I need to do. Uh, these battles are yours. They've, they've always been yours. You said you'd fight my battles for me, so Lord, here they are. So, you know, by fighting my battles is the way that I fight my battles is basically on my knees. And uh, I pray, I study God's word, and I do his will. And see, that's that's for Joshua and them. That's where they came out winning because they they obeyed they obeyed God and they did did his kept his commandments and his statutes and they listened to God and God fought for them and they they basically uh, you know I mean uh, there was what uh, there was quite a few cities there that Joshua took in two days and you know it, it was. It was very simple battles. They'd go in, they'd wipe everybody out, and they'd go on to the next one. So, yes, we, we have battles, and we're going to have more battles when we get to that place where God really wants to use us. But the thing about it is, is our battles should get easier. They should get a whole lot easier because now then the Lord is fighting for us and with us. So, you know, whatever it is that we, we are going through, uh, whatever trial, whatever heartache, whatever uh, family problem, financial problem, whatever it may be, we're not going through it alone because we have got the Lord on our side and he is fighting our battles for us and with us. So, you know, we we don't have anything to complain about. And even though we still do, even though I still do, we don't really have anything to complain about because God said he's... He, He's in control, and he's, he's going to fight our battles for us. All we have to do is just follow him, listen to him, and obey his commandments. And there's, there's a lot of, lot of battles that Joshua and the children of Israel is, is going to have to win to take over all this land that God has given to them and get all the blessings that God has, has got in store for them. And, you know, uh, if you remember when the, the spies went in to uh, spy out the promised land, there was two men brought back a cluster of grapes that they had to have it on a pole between them because the cluster was so huge and the grapes were so big and the pomegranates and everything over there is just, just humongous. The land is so fertile that uh, it grew uh, very good crops and and very uh, very huge crops. So you know this this is the land that God is the place that God is wanting us to go to. That place where that our Christian life can grow in in leaps and bounds. We can get closer to God on a daily basis, and and we can we can talk to God, and and God can talk to us, and we we understand what it is that the Lord wants us to do, and we seek after that with His help. You know, a lot of times we we know what the, what the will of God is for our lives, and we we start to do it, but we forget one one very huge thing we forget to take god along with us when we try to do it by ourselves, and that's not going to work and as long as the children of israel listened to the lord and when uh, the lord spoke they would they would move and they would do the lord was right there with them but and now then but now if you remember 
when Achan uh, took the garment and silver and the gold, uh, I believe it was out of Jericho, and he hid it, and they went out to battle the next day. Then the the ones that they were fighting, oh, they it, they whipped them. They drove them back, and they, they killed 30-some 30, 30 men because of that one sin that was in the camp. So, yes, sin not only bothers you, not only does you not, uh, not only does it not do you good, but it also affects other people around you too. Chapter 11. And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard these things that he sent to jo Jobab, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Ashwah, and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains of the plain south of Chinneroth, and in the valley and in the borders of Dor on the west, and to the Canaanite on the east and on the west, and to the Amorite and to the Hittite and to the Pezzarite and to the Jebusite in the mountains and to the Hivite under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. And they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as a sand that is upon the seashore in multitude, with horses and chariots very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Merim to fight against Israel. Now this is all these kings. They was, uh, they was a bunch of them. He was king, uh, king of Hazor, the king of, uh, king of Madon, and the, uh, the king of Shimron, the king of Ashpah, and the kings that were to the north and the, and the plains and Chinneroth and in the borders of Dor and the Canaanite and the Amorite, the Hittite and the Pezzarite and all these people had had armies and all these armies got together in one place and they was going to go out against Israel. Huge army. Probably by the time they all got finished, they was about the size of Israel, all of Israel put together and uh, not I'm not talking about just the men of war I'm talking about everybody in Israel that's about probably about how many men they were there uh, that had come to war against Israel and they and Israel was going to go out against them outnumbered uh, who knows outnumbered by a bunch but they forgot they forgot one thing all these kings that was in this plane they, they forgot one thing. They forgot who was leading Joshua and the children of Israel into these battles, who was fighting for them. But not only did they not forget, they probably didn't forget, they didn't know him in the first place. They didn't know who God was. See, this is one of the reasons why that God wanted all these, these nations that was in this uh land of milk and honey he wanted them destroyed is because they would not they would not even recognize God as far as they they was concerned he didn't exist they wouldn't worship him but they worshiped every other kind of God to be thought of and God had had probably tried more times than one to uh, to get them to change their ways and they they wouldn't have have nothing they wouldn't have nothing to do with it they didn't want nothing to do with God so now God is 
has them in this land that flows with milk and honey. He had them in there to to keep this land so that it wouldn't grow up and and wild animals wouldn't come in and take over, and so they could cultivate it and build all these uh, cities and and suburbs and all that, all these different houses and everything, and and build these big farms and and vineyards and olive yards and all that. And now then he's gonna he's gonna take it away from them and he's gonna give it to the children of Israel. And saying that, let me say this be very careful because we can get to the point to where that we take God for granted. We we actually uh think that we are serving God when we are not and we can get in trouble in a hurry and the next thing we know all of our blessings and all those things that god has been blessing us with uh he has taken them away from us because we have gotten away from him so yes when your blessings start coming in thank god for them and for them and and be very careful about um not giving god the glory for for what you have got because you know, when we get to where that we are worshiping our blessings more than we are the one that give us the blessings, then we're going to get in trouble. And remember, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah, there's a bunch of people down there, Joshua, but don't worry about them. I've got this under control. I've got, I've got the, these people are in the palm of my hand and I'm, I'm going to squash them like flies because of them. Be not afraid because of them for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hold their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Merim suddenly and they fell upon them and the lord delivered them into the hand of israel who smote them and chased them unto great zidon and unto meseroth meum and unto the valley of mizpah eastward and they smote them until they left them none remaining and joshua did unto them as the lord bade him he hauled their horses and burnt their chariots with fire and Joshua at that time turned back and took Hazor and smote the king thereof with a sword, for Hazor before time was the head of all these kingdoms. So he 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 killed all, he took care of that whole army. God did. With he used Israel, used Joshua to take out all these kings and all their men. How has God used you in the last six months? How has God used you in what kind of work has God used you in the last six months? Do you, do you really know what that your, your job is as far as God is concerned? Do you know what God's plan for your life is? You know, a lot of us don't. Uh, a lot of us don't really want to know because we understand that when we find out what God wants us to do, 
we're going to have to do something. We're going to have to do some work. Uh, and a lot of us know that whatever it is, is something that we're not going to like and something that we're not used to doing. But let me tell you, if you're going to go over the, into the land of Jordan and you're really going to get all those blessings that God has got in store for you, you're going to have to do that work that God has got in store for you to do. See, even even the uh, the Gadites and uh, the half-tribe of Manasseh and the Reubenites, even though they stayed on this side of Jordan, uh, 40,000 of their choice warriors had to go over Jordan with the rest of the people and fight with them. They couldn't stay on this side of Jordan. They had to go over there and fight because Moses and, and God made uh, made a deal with them that he would give them the, all the land that's on this side of Jordan, which was good for cattle, which was what they were do, raising was cattle. He would give them all this land, but their, their men that was fit for battle and could fight would go over with Joshua and he would fight until all the children, all the other tribes that were left, the nine and a half tribes, until all the nine and a half tribes that were left would be, would receive their inheritance and get settled and then they could come back home. Now, do you know, if you remember, we talked about uh, there was 110,000 that able-bodied men that was ready to go to war but only 40,000 of them went over with Joshua to fight. And there's many, like I said, there's many speculations as to why, and I've got my own, and I, and I told you about that, about how that I thought that the Lord left the, the remainder of them on this side so that if anything come up while they were, the others were out fighting, they had the women and children weren't left defenseless. That that was my ideal. I have, don't have Bible to back it up. That's just one of my thoughts. And and Joshua did unto the MNC. And Joshua at that time turned back and took hate. Okay, and they smote all the souls and all the cities of these kings and all the kings of them did Joshua take and smote them with the edge of the sword and he utterly destroyed them as Moses the servant of the Lord commanded. But as for the cities that stood still in their strength, Israel burned none of them, save Hazor only. That did Joshua burn. And all the spoil of these cities and the cattle and the children of Israel, the children of Israel took for a prey unto themselves. But every man they smote with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them Neither left they any to breathe. They took all all these all these cities that they took uh, that I've just read to you, uh, quite a few of them. They took all the all the spoil, the cattle, and the gold, the silver, and the iron, and whatever you know was was good. They they kept that, but the rest of it they burnt and they killed all the people, and. Now listen, you, uh, remember, all of this stuff that they are taking, all this spoil and, and prey that they're taking from these cities and everything, 10% of that goes into the storehouse of God, goes into the tabernacle, 10% of that. 
goes uh, to the priest and the Levites. That will be their tithe on, on what they have received. So yes, they, they will have to pay tithes on that. Uh, <clears throat> so Joshua took all the land, the hills and all the south country and all the land of Goshen and the valley and the, and the plain and the mountains of Israel and the valley of the same, even from Mount Halak uh, that goeth up to Seir, even unto Belgod and valley of Lebanon under Mount Hermon, and all the kings he took and smote them and slew them. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all other they took in battle. For it was the Lord to for it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come up against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, and that they might have no favor, but that he may destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. Now see this this was not Moses uh, Moses and Aaron both. They're going into these cities and completely uh, killing everybody, young, old, everybody in between, was not, was not Moses and Joshua's ideal. This, this came from God. This was a commandment from God. As I said before, uh, uh, they probably had... Uh, completely gotten away from God. They were serving every other God to be thought of, and they they didn't believe in God. Didn't want nothing. Didn't want nothing to do with God. Don't want to hear nothing about God. So, God took them out, and this is his his judgment upon them. But now, then, uh, a thought that come to me. Thank you, Lord. Uh, if you remember at this at this time there was a place which was called paradise. And uh, everybody that died went to paradise. And when Jesus, when he went in, uh, when he was in the tomb, he went into the heart of the earth and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave away from Satan. And he went into paradise and he ministered unto the people that was there in paradise. And some of those people made it into heaven. Not all of them, but some of them did. Some of them believed Jesus and his and his teachings and everything, and they went into heaven. And then it said, hell enlarged its borders. In other words, hell took over paradise. There is no more paradise. So when we die, we are either going to hell or we are going to heaven. Uh, there's no in-between anymore. There's no staging place if you will we are we are going one or the other and we and we better have our hearts right and we better be uh wanting to go with the with the lord and go to heaven because we don't want we really don't want nothing to do with hell and at that time uh, verse 21 in chapter 11 and at that time came Joshua and cut off the Anakims from the mountains of Hebron, from Debir, from Adab, and from the mountains of Judah, and from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. There was none of the Anakims left in the land, 
of the children of Israel only in Gaza, Gath, and Ashdod there remained. So Joshua took the whole land according to all the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for an inheritance unto the Lord according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. So now then, there they was some more left, but at this time, this was all, this was all that was going to be taken. So they, they took the land that the Lord wanted them to take, and they rested from war. There was no more war. And in chapter 12, uh, this is going to talk about all the uh, kings and all the land that Moses take, took. And remember, his, his is on the other side of Jordan. Um uh, and all the land and all the kings that Joshua took on this side of Jordan. And now these are the kings of the land which the children of Israel smote and possessed their land on the other side Jordan toward the rising of the sun from the river Arnon unto, the Mount, unto Mount Hermon and all the plain on the east. Shaan, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon, and ruler of Arar, which is upon the bank of the river Arnon, and from the river of, from the middle of the river, and from the half Gilead, even unto the river Jabuk, which is the border of the children of Ammon, and from the plain to the sea of Chenaroth on the east, and unto the sea of the plain, even the salt sea on the east, the way to Beth, Beth Jerusha, Beth Jemus, and from the south under Ashdoth Pigsgah, and the city of Og, king of Bashan, which was the remnant of the giants that dwelt in Asheroth and at Andorai, he, and reigned in Mount Hermon, and in Salka, and in Bashan, under the border of Gershurites, and the Machanites, and the half Gilead the border of Shaan, king of Heshbon. Then did Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the children of Israel smite. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave it for a possession unto the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Now those are the ones on, on the other side of, of Jordan, the ones that had uh, much cattle and needed it, good fertile grassy land to raise, raise their cattle. So they raised, they stayed on that side. And, uh, you know, uh, I've often wondered, you know, about why they stayed over other than, than, you know, the fertile ground and everything. But, you know, we as children of God, sometimes, you know, God has, has us to do things that, uh, we, we question. I'm, I'm going to put it right, but we question and wonder why that, you know, God had us to do things that we do. Why did God allow the the uh, the uh, those three two and a half tribes, the, the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half tribe of Nessah, Why did He allow them to stay on the other side of Jordan when their blessing and their uh, fertile land and all that, the land of milk and honey, was on the other side? But you know, 
Then the thought come to me, well, you know, there's sometimes there are people that are thinking about crossing over Jordan to go to that place where that God can bless them and God can use them in a great and a mighty way, but they, they, they can't make up their mind. So then here comes uh, into play the Reubenites and the Gadites and the, those of us that wants to stay on this side of Jordan and not cross over. This is where we come into play. This is where we can help them cross over. Just like the 40,000 uh, warriors that went over and fought with Joshua and, and the rest of Israel, you know, we, we can help them across and we can help them go in and to get their possession that uh, God has promised to them, we can do that. And then God will bless us just as much as he blesses them. And these are the kings of the country which Joshua and the children of Israel smote on this side Jordan, on the west, from Belgad, Belgad in the valley of Lebanon, even unto Halak that goeth up from Seir, which Joshua gave unto the tribes of Israel for a possession according to their divisions, in the mountains and in the valleys and in the plains and in the springs and in the wilderness and in the south country the Hittites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Pezerites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And this is all the kings that uh, and their, their cities that Joshua and the children of Israel took on this side Jordan. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Jarmuth, one. The king of Lashes, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Debir, one. The king of Gerder, one. The king of Horma, one. The king of Ardod, one. The king of Libna, one. The king of Adalam, one. The king, the king of Makeda, one. The king of Bethel, one. The king of Tapua, one. The king of Hefer, one. The king of Ephek, one. The king of Lashon, one. The king of Madon, one. The king of Hazar, one. The king of Shimron, one. The king of Ashpa, one. The king of Taunach, one. The king of Megna, one. The king of Kadesh, one. The king of Jokonah, one, and the king of Dor, in the coast of Dor, one, the king of the nations of Gilga, one, the king of Tizra, one, all the kings were thirty and one. So within just a little while, well, it, it was a long battle, but the Lord said that Mo, uh, Joshua took all these these kings out and all this land. Now then, he's Joshua has the um, job of taking this land and to um, put the children of Israel, the tribes of Israel, on the land where God wants them to be. This this is going to be another job that he has got to do. And this there's uh, there's a lot of land left yet to take, but right now... Um, 
they have Israel has made a a they have taken they have rested from war they are not going to war anymore so they have to get the children of Israel all the nine and a half tribes they have got to get them on their their inheritance of their land and it's got to be picked out and Joshua has to tell everybody exactly where it is that they're going to be where their land is set boundaries for everybody and let them know that, that this is their land and get them all situated and ready uh, for when the Lord moves again. And, you know, it, it takes a little while sometimes when we get into that, that land where the Lord wants us. It takes us a little while to get situated. It takes us a little while to to get our, our inheritances picked out and find out just exactly what it is that God wants us to do whether we're going to be uh, makers of wine or where we're going to uh, work in olives or where we're going to grow grain, whether we're going to be uh, farmers, uh, whether we are going to be uh, herdsmen or what it is that we're going to be. And in our life today, it's whether that we are going to be ministers, whether that we're going to be evangelists, whether we're going to be pastors uh whether we're going to be teachers song leaders uh you know praise and worship leaders and and uh, laymen in the church the deacons and trustees and uh, uh the church all that makes up the church board or whether we're going to be prayer warriors or or just go in and and clean the church and keep the church and and the grounds around it and uh, and everything cleaned and and maintenance done on everything. So, you know, we've got to figure out just or be prayer warriors, whether we're going to sit on sit on the uh, on the seat and and pray for whoever's up singing, preaching, or whatever. And then there's those that are going to praise the Lord. That's going to sit back and and say Amen and and uh, you know and things like that. There's so many things, so many jobs in the church, and each and every one of us has a job. Each and every one of us has something that we need to be doing. What we need to do as children of God is we need to find out exactly what it is that the Lord wants us to do, and we need to be doing it. Listen, the pastors can't do it all. The teachers can't do it all. We need help from everybody in the church. There's, there is, you know, the, even even in our situation where, the, where we have the uh, food ministry, you know, some of the ladies are, are cooks. Some of them go down. That's, you know, they they help in other ways, but, you know, they go down and they cook and they keep the fellowship hall and everything clean. And, you know, this is their job. This is what God has put before them to do. So, you know, don't, even if it is standing at the back door on uh, on church, on the times of church and shaking, opening the door for people and shaking their hand as they come in or, or as they go out, it's it's still a job. It, there's no, there's no one job that in the church that is more important than the other one. They are, they are all linked together. We are all one body with many members, but each member has a different part. You know, what what would it be like if if you know if we were born and all we was was a head? You know, you know we can't do anything but talk. That's all we can do. We can think and talk. 
But in order for us to be able to get out in the world and to accomplish something, we have to have a complete body with arms and legs and and everything. So, you know, same, same way with the body of Christ. All of them can't be the head. All of us can't be the hands. All of us can't be uh, the lungs or or any other part of the body. We all have a separate and, and a distinct thing to do in the church. Now then, we need to take the time to sit down and ask God, God, what is my job? What is it that I need to be doing? And then we need to do it. We need to do it with pride. We need to be uh, very happy to do it. We need to be uh, do it with a smile on our face because <coughs> that is the job <coughs> that God has set before us to do. I thank you all for listening. and I hope you got something out of this. Listen, it doesn't matter what what, what you're going through. Always remember, please always remember, that Jesus is going through it with you. Ask him to let you take him by the hand and lead you through this thing that you're going through. He will do it. He will. He will he he will do it with a smile on his face. Because any time that we completely submit, humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the Lord to where that he can help us. That's, that makes him happy. That makes him happy. So, yes, we, we need to just turn it all over to the Lord, no matter what it is. Whether it's spiritual, physical, financial, family, uh, job-related, it does not matter. It does not matter. Whatever you are going through, remember, if you're a child of God, Jesus is going through it with you. So, therefore, turn everything over to him, take a hold of his hand, and let him lead you through it. I thank you all for listening. Until the next time, may God bless you.